Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, looking at verse 9. Today I'm going to minister on the household of faith. The household of faith. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 reads, And let us not be weary in what? Well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we what? If we faint not. Verse 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us what? Let us what? Do good unto how many men? All men. But it says, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's read that again. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the what? Household of faith. See, this is what this is. We are in a household of faith. Now, when we hear the words household of faith, we don't hear it like others do. When the government or the world mentions people of faith, they throw everyone in. Faith-based ministry, faith-based projects are people of faith. See, their version of people of faith is people who believe any God. And that could include Muslims, Buddhas, Rastafarians, come on, say amen, somebody, and all the religions out here today. But that's not what we hear when we hear the household of faith. Come on. See, there's what is called an overall family, but there's also a family within the family. Come on, are you with me out here? And that family can be saying something that overall the over, uh, that the overall family just doesn't get. Let me say it again. That family can be saying something that the overall family just doesn't get. If you notice, there's a way that we talk to each other. Amen. See, you could be saying something that something to or around and about family that you can't say to anybody else. Why? It does not compute. And they may be Christians, but it's just not in the family within the family. Stay with me now. See, there's a way that the faith side of the family talks. Let me say it again. There's a way that the faith side of the family talks. Some of you, when you talk to some people, people will know that you go to a word of faith. When you open your mouth. Are you with me out here? And even when it comes to promise, I'm pretty sure promise realizes she's just not, she's just not like other kids. Her house is not like other kids' house. 
She was brought up in homeschool up to the ninth grade. Then she went to a Catholic school, which people would consider a Christian school. But when she comes home, she realizes there's something different about our house. And the way we do things in the household of faith. See, when other kids get sick, their parents will run to run them to the hospital or to the doctor. Come on, for every little thing and keep them home from school for days. What do we do in the household of faith? We lay hands on her, tell her to say, I'm healed. Go to bed, get up, and go to school. The next day. As a matter of fact, I asked her last night, have you ever missed a day of school and sick? No, she's never missed a day of school for being sick. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. See, in the household of faith, we don't stay home. In the household of faith, we don't stay home. What do we do? We pray and we get up and we go again. Why? Because we are of the household of We are of the household of what? Faith. It's just different. In the household of a lot of promises classmates are wondering what school am I going to go to after I graduate in the household of faith God had already put in promised spirit where she, where she was going to go to college when she was in grade school oh I'm preaching good in here most teenagers listen most teenagers don't go to school of their choice because why because of financial issues or reasons even if God placed it in their heart where they're supposed to go. But in the household of faith, we didn't question it. We don't even worry about where the money's coming from. Because in the household of faith, we sow a seed towards it as our part. And if that's, God, if that's where God wants her to go, he'll make a way out of no way. Why? Because that's how we do it in the household of faith. And now since she's grown up in the household of faith, we see the same traits in her. Well, she will sow a seed towards what she wants. She'll be quick to lay hands on someone and pray for them. She knows how to get rid of fear. In the household of faith, we don't have fear. We don't let fear stay in our house. And I told you about when we woke up one morning, she's talking about get out of my room, devil. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because she was brought up in the what? Household of faith. And this is what I hear when I hear the words household of faith. Are you with me out here? Go to Psalm 68.6. This is what I hear when I hear the household of what? Psalm 68, 6. And it reads, God said of what? The solitary in what? In what? In what? Families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. The Message Bible reads it this way. God 
makes homes for the homeless, leads prisoners to freedom, but leads rebels to rot in hell. The New King James Version reads, God sets the solitary families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Let me say it again. God sets the solitary in families, and he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. See, God takes those who were by themselves, those who were feeding off no one, and those who were feeding no one, he sets them in a family. Are you with me out here? If you read, if you read Galatians 6.10, in the Living Bible, it reads it this way. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do what? Good to everyone. What happened to my living version? We should do good to everyone, especially to those in the what? It should say family of faith. If my, I gave them my scriptures ahead of time. <laughs> it should say those in the, in the living Bible. It says especially to those in the family of faith. Somebody say family of faith. In the what? Family of faith. God sets you in a family. Matter of fact, go to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. That's what it says. God sets you where? In a what? In a what? Family. Somebody say family. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now has who? Now has what? God did what? Set the what? Are you a member? Are you a member? You sure you're a member? Well, God has set the members, every one of them. Anybody excluded in here? You sure? I ain't getting no amen from everybody. God has set every one of them in the body as it has what? Please who? Please him. Or you can say, you can say God set the members, every one of them, in a family as it has pleased him. Somebody say, please him. See, God put you in a what? Family. And he put you there because why? That family needed you. And you needed that family and evidently you being in that family has everything to do with your prosperity. You hear what I just said? We'll go back to Psalm 68, 6 again. Psalm 68, 6. It says, God said of what? The solitary in what? In what? In what? And families. He's bringing us out those which are bound with what? Chains. The New King James Version reads, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into what? Prosperity. Somebody say prosperity. Now the word set here in Hebrew means to abide. Somebody say to abide. Come on, I can't hear you. Say to abide. You know, you got to talk to me. To what? To abide. Come on. 
Now, he didn't just do this because you were alone, because that's what that word solitary means, alone, the loner, and families. But he didn't do it just because you were alone. He did this for everybody. Somebody say everybody. And see, for those of you that are here in this church and in other churches that teach faith like we do, God put you in this family. God puts you in the household of faith. Faith in the way you and I understand it. Faith in the way we talk about it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Faith in the way it's been preached to us. Faith in the way our ears have come open to it. Faith in the way our eyes have come open to it. He puts you there. Who put you there? God. He set you in the family of faith. Listen to me now. He set you in the family of faith with the expectation that you would stay there. That you would abide there. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because what? That, that's what the word abide means. It means to continue and to dwell. Somebody say continue and to dwell. He put you in a family with the expectation that you would stay where he puts you. Where who puts you? So the expectation is that you would what? Abide. Somebody say abide. Because why? It's going to be there that you are freed from the chains of bondage. Oh, come on now. It's going to be there where your prosperity lies. Oh, somebody going to get this. God never intended, because you live on an island, he never intended you to be an island unto yourself. Come on. He never created any one of us with the intentions that we would be self-sufficient. See what I just said? He never intended, come on, never created any of us with the intention that we would be what? Self-sufficient. He put us in a family. Look at what Jesus says about abiding in John 15:1. Amen. <laughs> John 15, 1. Look what Jesus says about abiding. He says what? I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he what? Take it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he what? He purges it that it might bring forth what? More fruit. How many people want more fruit in here? Well, this is how you get it. Verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have what? Spoken unto you. He says in verse 4, do what? Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it what? Abide in the vine. No more can you except you what? Abide in me. See, you can't bear fruit unless you abide in the vine. Unless you what? Abide in the vine. See, there is fruit. Listen to me now. There is fruit that you are called to bear 
that you will not bear unless you abide in the family he put you in. Let me say that one more time. There's fruit that you are called to bear that you will not bear unless you abide in the family that he put you in. Look at verse 5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a what? Branch and as what? Withered. And men gather them and cast them into the what? Fire. And they are what? Burned. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you should ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Then he says, here it is my Father glorified that you what? That you what? Bear much fruit. So shall you be my what? Disciples. And he says, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Continue or abide ye in my what? In my love. So Jesus says, abide in me. Abide in me. Well, how do you do that? By abiding in the word and by abiding in his love. Say it again. By abiding in his word and abiding in his what? Love. See, we can look, look at all this, but I want you to see where he takes this. Look at John 16, 1. I want you to see where he takes this. John 16, 1. He says, these things... Have I spoken unto you about abiding? These things have I spoken unto you about staying where I put you. These things I've spoken unto you. Come on, say amen, somebody. The Weiss translation defines abide as maintain a living communion with. Say it again. The Weiss translation defines abide as to maintain a living communion with. Now, I want you to look at the picture he's painting here. He's painting the picture. Tell your neighbor, he's painting the picture. You have a tree, and you have branches off that tree. That branch is going to bear fruit as long as the branch maintains a living communion with the vine or the trunk of that tree. Are you following me? But that branch cannot bear fruit if it's hanging out there on the end of that tree and looks over and sees another tree and says, man, I like that tree over there. <laughs> That's a good looking tree over there. I wish I was on that tree. <laughs> and if that branch somehow was to sever its communion with the one that gave it life. Oh, y'all hear me. If the branch was somehow to sever its communion with the one that gave it life, immediately it cuts off its ability to bear any fruit. Are you following me? Look at what it says here again. These things have I spoken unto you, that you be not what? Offended. Be not what? Be not what? Offended. The New King James Version says, These things I've spoken unto you, that you should not be made to stumble. 
that you should not be made to what? Stumble. Now, when you look into the two words, offended and stumble. Now, when we say the word stumble, we usually add the word stumble and fall, right? Stumble and what? Fall. And the word offended means a falling away or a falling out. A falling away or what? Falling out. So Jesus is saying, these things I have spoken to you about so that you should not be made to stumble. You shouldn't be offended. You shouldn't fall away. Another word you'll see is the word separation. Somebody say separation. Listen, if there ever at any moment there's separation between that branch and that vine, it can't bear fruit. Jesus said, don't let anything get between you and what you are connected to. Let me say that again. He said, don't let anything get between, get between you and what you are connected to. Don't let anything get between you and what you are connected to. Because why? Because there's life flowing from that to you and from you to that. And whatever you do, don't get offended. Now, I do, and I know you do also. You run across a lot of people who say, I used to go over there. I used to go to your church. I used to go there. And that's too much the case with too many believers saying, I used to go there even in the household of faith. And what gets me sometimes, they'll say, they even talk to me. I used to go to your church. I learned so much at your church. As a matter of fact, I believe your church is where I got my foundation. My child was baptized at your church. I was healed at your church, delivered and set free at your church. I really experienced the presence of God in that church. But I don't go there anymore. I used to go there. <laughs> and it's usually for some petty reason or they got offended. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. So many people have let stupid little things get between them and what gave them life. And Jesus is big on our abiding because why? He's big on you and I bearing fruit in the household of faith. And see, I don't know about you, but I thank God for setting me in the household of faith. And God even went a little further. I, we, even got, we even got our own faith channel. Amen. Believer's Voice of Victory. Yeah. Well, I can listen to faith 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Faith, just faith, 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 faith. Just to help build my faith. Because I'm in the household of faith. And I told you last week, 
how you get strong faith or the strong kind of faith, that unstaggering faith, is you have to go somewhere where they are teaching faith. And say, I'm so thankful for the word. I'm so thankful for this message. The one that's been on earth since the days of Abraham. Come on, say amen, somebody. The same message that was in the earth through Jesus when he said time and time again, your faith has made you whole. And every time Jesus would turn to the disciples after they've seen and heard all he did, yet he would still ask them, you have no faith? He asked them, where is your faith? How is it possible you have no faith? What was he looking for? Faith. What's he looking for? Faith. It was a message in the earth when the apostle, apostle said in Romans 10.8, but what saith he? The word is nigh thee, even thy mouth, and thy, in thy heart, and that is the what? Word of? The word of? Which we what? Preach. Some people don't even know that was a scripture. <laughs> See, it's been in this whole earth, been in this earth this whole time, folks. But you'll find out less than 100 years ago, amen, God chose to shine the light on this faith message. The message of faith. He's brought revelation into the family like never before. And I don't care how many places you go, how many countries you go, it's still the same story. People were in a church, or maybe they weren't, but they came across this message called faith. And the light came on, and it gave life to them. Say, why? Because the message, the message of faith is life-giving. It's life-saving. And people heard it preached decades ago, and guess what? Now they're hearing it preached now like never before. The word of faith. The word of what? Faith. I'm here to tell you, listen, we will not die. And well, Listen, our generation will not die when it comes to faith. The faith message is not going to die. It's going to be passed from generation to generation, our children's generation. Even last week we talked about Abraham taught his son Isaac the message of faith. Once again, you got to remember Isaac was just about, he was about growing. And in full faith, he got up on those sticks. On full what? Full faith. Well, who taught him faith? Where did he learn that from? He learned that from the household of faith he was raised in and where he got his life. What do you should be doing in your household? What should you be teaching your children in these days and times? Faith. Faith, because they can't depend on you when they leave your house. They better have, you better start developing their own faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. See, this word of faith is what gave me life, folks. And I'm determined to not disconnect from this tree. Why? This is what gave me life. And we've all had times, everybody in this room had times, where we'll go somewhere, would say, man, I like what they're doing over there. <laughs> That's a great word. 
That's a great message. We should be doing that. We should be more like that church. Not realizing that we're trying to disconnect from this tree and reattach to another one. And it won't work. <laughs> okay, y'all don't want to hear that either. It won't work because God puts you in a family. And he expects you to stay there. Why? It's for your benefit as well as anybody else's. Come on, y'all all right? Do I need to tell you, say I love Pastor Walker or something or what? Amen. Why? Your prosperity is there. Your freedom is there. See, I'm abiding in this vine, and I'm going to teach my daughter how to abide in this vine, and I'm going to teach your children on Friday how to abide in this vine. That's why I teach my teenagers faith. And some of y'all don't even bring them. Come on. Future generations need the message of faith. Why? Listen, we were born again into the household of faith, in the household of God. Once again, Psalm 68 says, God sets the solitary in families. In what? Families. He sets them in a house. Come on. He wanted this thing that gave me and you life. All along, he wanted it to be a family. Somebody say family. And listen to me closely. What we have done, and listen to me now, what we have done, we have major on the faith side, which is important. Faith is important, right? But we neglected the family side of it. Let me say it again. We majored on the faith side which is important, but we have neglected the family side of it. This was always supposed to be a family. Somebody say family. And see, we as ministers, we seek a word from God, and we preach our hearts out. And we know we're giving them or people the answer that they need for their particular situation. We know the problems. We know what they're going through. We got, the, we got the report. Come on. We've seen it, and you know what's coming out of your mouth is the answers to what they need. Come on. We've been with them in the trenches. You've done all of that. Been there for them. But yet they still leave. They still use to go there. I'm preaching good in here. Even though the word is rich, even though this, this is life-giving word, life-saving word, people are still leaving. For the question is, what is the problem? Come on, we're a global family. Our assignment is world domination. Come on, say amen, somebody. But listen to me closely. The reason people are leaving is because it's easier to leave a church than it is to leave a family. 
You heard that said. It's easier to leave a church than it is to leave a what? Family. Think about it. It's easier to leave any organization. It's easier to leave any entity, any body, be it co-workers or people you go to church with. It's easier to disconnect when it's not family. Go to 2 Peter 1.5. Are y'all still with me out there? Y'all all right? I mean, I know y'all, y'all, y'all getting me kind of worried. I think I'm going to have to pray for y'all or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you quiet in this Presbyterian church. Boy. <laughs> 2 Peter 1.5. I'm going slow enough, right? 2 Peter 1.5, why don't you look at this now? Are you there? He said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your what? Add to your what? Add to your what? Add to your what? Favor. Now look at what he says you should add to your faith. Add to your faith virtue or morality or moral excellence. And to add to your faith and to virtue what? Knowledge. To knowledge what? temperance or self-control to temperance what patience or perseverance and to patience what godliness now here you go and to godliness what to godliness what brotherly kind stop there look at what we are told to add to our faith brotherly kindness come on say it now Brotherly what? Brotherly what? Now, if two guys are brothers, that means they are in the same family. Then it says to brotherly kindness, what? Charity or what? Love. And understand this. This is what makes any group a family. What is that? The presence of love. The presence of what? Love. Without it, we are just a group of people. Without it, you're just co-workers. Without it, you're just acquaintances. Come on, say amen, somebody. But with brotherly kindness and love and the love of God in manifestation, you go from being nothing to being something. You go from being just a church to being a family. Are y'all with me out there? And it's much, much harder for somebody to leave a family. Is this making sense to anybody in this room? Go to 1 Corinthians 13.1. We're almost done. It's not going to be a long one. 1 Corinthians 13.1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity or love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I had the gift of prophecy, the Lord said, 
and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have not charity or love, I am nothing. I am nothing. What's the numeric equivalent to nothing? Zero. I can have the gift of prophecy, which is one of the best gifts. I can have all faith that if, listen, that can move mountains. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. I am a zero. See, we're hungry for impact. We're hungry for to see something happen. And according to Jesus, we want to bear fruit. Everything we do is about impacting people. It's about serving people the word of God. The same thing that gave you life, giving it to them. But to understand the severity of what he's saying here, without love, you are nothing. And all you have to do is do some really some all you do is do some really simple math. Simple math. Here's a simple math. Y'all want a math equation? If you add zero to one, <laughs> if you have zero, add zero to one, what have you done to the one? How much has the one changed? No change at all, right? Without love, without being rooted and grounded in his love for us and being full and overflowing with it, his love for other people, without love, you can have faith to move mountains, like it says here. But you have added nothing to others' well-being. preaching good in here. We have to grow and develop in the love of God if we want the faith to move mountains. What will impact others is not just the message of faith or your testimony of faith. What's going to impact others is your roots in love. Without love. How much impact do we have? Nothing. How much change do we affect? None. Zero. And you better listen to this. The Lord has seen fit to bring people into our lives. But the question is, what are you giving them when they come? Are you just giving them a word of faith? We are people of faith. Oh, we don't speak like that in the church. Now, 
Now, there's nothing wrong with giving them the word. But what is just as important is what you add to that faith word. And that is brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness and what? Love. See, we're believing God for all these things. We're believing God for the great breakout year. Break out in our finances. Break out in the suddenness. Come on, break out, break out, break out. Believe God for the break, great breaking loose year. More signs and wonders. More and more miracles. More and more angelic visitations. Come on, say amen, somebody. More and more finances break loose in the earth like never before. We can do more for the kingdom of God. But you got to ask, why aren't these things happening even on a higher level than what we're experiencing? God is waiting on us to do what he wants us to do concerning this household of faith. This is our family. This is who we are. This is what gave life to us. Oh, are you with me out there? Final scripture, Romans 8.38. This scripture right here tells you why it's easier to leave a church than it is to leave a family. Romans 8.38. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. Listen to this now. Separate us from what? From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, it's easier to leave a church than it is to leave a family because nothing can separate you from the love of God. Let me say it again. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, we know people are always going to find reasons. And there are always going to be people that leave that they should, that should not have. Come on, say amen, somebody. But there are people that are called to this household of faith. And there are people we are called to. Come on. Come on, my back. Turn around and look at them. Come on, turn around and look at the people you are called to. Are you with me out here? See, we are, we are a family that was, that was birthed out of life-giving, life-changing, life-saving word, and it must be perpetuated, and it must continue. Somebody say it must continue. We have to continue. We have to abide, not separate, and we have to add to what we have. Brotherly kindness and what? And love. And understand this. There are going to be people that are going to come in here starving for family. We think gangs is all about. That's what gangs is all about. A young man and young woman that are starving for family. 
when they should have found that family in church. But the first, because they didn't dress the way that we think they dress. They didn't look the way we think that they should look. They were not accepted when they came to church. They went out and found themselves a family that would accept them for who they were. And there are going to be people that are coming here starving for family. Listen, I'm. They're going to be hungry for starving for family, and then they're going to be hungry for intimacy. Yes, they're going to want the word. But listen here, folks, there's something in people in our day and time that is gravitating to, and that is the household side. The family side, which is the love side. They walk through that door, they don't see love, they're walking right back out the door. All they got to see is a frown on your face. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. All you got to do is for you to speak to them the wrong way. And they're out the door when God sent them here. Come on, say amen, somebody. They're going to look for the, the family side, the love side. Think about it. We have family events like yesterday to cultivate family. What the beach picnic is all about. It's a cultivate family. It's not just for you to get in the water and in the sun. No. It's a cultivate family. We have family Sundays to cultivate family. We have Mother's Day brunch, which is coming up next Sunday, and Father's Day brunch to cultivate family. Cultivate what? We have a courtyard outside where you don't have to just bust through the gate and go to your car. But spend just a little time with your family. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, just all toes healed in the name of Jesus. See, we have focus on faith, and we'll continue to do so. We have focus on love, and we'll continue to be rooted in love. But let's, let us be the family that God has called us to be. Are you with me out there? We have to be the family that God has called us to be if we desire to walk in the freedom and the prosperity that he promised us in his word. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God praise. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you honor. Father, we give you